Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me with freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast with New York Sports Talk Long Suffering Fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Second episode of the week coming out right now for you. If you missed it earlier this week, we talked to Anthony McCann of SNY to preview the playoffs, sort of autopsy the Mets season, and get ready for the Yankees. We are going to do the NFL picks today for a football Friday. We joined just a bit by Kevin Lillis, good friend of mine, huge Jet fans. We're talking about the Jets as well. Make our picks for week six of the NFL season. Make sure you locked in the end of the show this week's two-minute drill. Talk a little about the Jacob, the ground level the Mets have, and it is going to be very tricky what happens with the, with the Met Ace, so we'll see what happens with that in the two-minute drill. If you like it here on the Justin the Suffering Podcast, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering, your favorite podcast platforms. Our episodes there, including our episode with Anthony McCown earlier in the week, so feel free to subscribe. You get the whole back catalog just like that. Let's check out the YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video versions of the conversation with Kevin today you have on the YouTube channel. Again, Mike Phillips on YouTube. If you like it here on the Justin Suffering Podcast, feel free to subscribe on Apple. I mean, leave your feedback and star ratings. They help make the podcast even better going forward. Again, that means so much. So make sure you leave us feedback and the star ratings. They do me a ton for the podcast. So I really do appreciate that. And without any further ado, let's get to our opening tip here. Catch him, what's going on with the Yankees after turning out just one game thanks to the weather and some idiotic scheduling by MLB right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. And here we go. Opening tip time. Talking uh, Yankee series right now. They played one game. Obviously, the weather, if you were listening on Friday morning, it did rain out last night. So, I'll get to that debacle in a minute. But you got to give the Yankees credit. So far, so good. They won game one, four to one. Garrett called over a strong performance on the mound. He goes six and a third innings. Lost just the one hit, which is a the Stephen Kwan homer with a short porch and right on four hits with eight strikeouts. This is a far better effort than the one he delivered in the wild card game last year in the Red Sox bonded out of Fenway Park. And Cole's three out of his four playoff starts of the Yankees been good. He had obviously that one stinker. He came, he pitched well twice against Tampa in the wild in the ALDS in 15. So definitely worth monitoring with that here. The offensive and timely hits. Harrison Bader's first home was a Yankee ends up tying the game. And that's the bizarre Josh Donaldson thing where he looks like he hits what should be a homer if they bounce off the top of the wall back and the play gets thrown out. IKF comes up with a triple, at least another run. That's a big momentum swing in my opinion because that looked like that was all could be all guardians at that point. Instead, you have the IKF triple get sacrificed, fly in, and the Yankees gain the lead. Anthony Rizzo, two-run bomb, gives the Yankees the insurance they need with their bullpen issues. I was thinking game one to see how Aaron Boone managed that bullpen. He... Let's Cole start the seventh. I would give him another batter, but I get trying to take him out of there after over 100 pitches. He went to Jonathan Weisig at first. He got some trouble. Got a key double play ball. Get out of the jam. Wandy Peralta works the eighth, starts the ninth with the lefty on the on the uh, bump there. Clay Holmes finishes it off, and the only other 
Pletcher, who warmed up in that spot, was Lou Trevino. So clearly, that is the circle of trust for Aaron Boone right there. Those three and Trevino. So it's going to see what happens there. And we, I would be going to be talking about game two. But game two got rained out thanks to some bad luck with the weather and MLB's idiotic scheduling as a result of the lockout, where they're trying to squeeze in this extra round of playoffs and get the whole thing wrapped up by November 5th. So they sacrificed some days. The ALDS Nicular game on Tuesday, game off on Wednesday between games one and two. And then games were supposed to be on Thursdays. They wanted to make sure the TV was covered. So there's no days without games that so they play them back to back to back. Well, you got rained out. And it takes the Yankee game from a 7 o'clock on Thursday night to 107 on Friday afternoon, which sucks for the fans because MLB and Infinite Wisdom decide, you know what, we're prioritizing TV. We are not going to worry about, you know, dislodging one of the two games that's already set for the NL side, which you can't do that. You could make the argument, put this at 6, 6.30, stick it on like TBS in between the two games. You could do that. They chose not to do that. They put it at 107 and saying, you can't get refunds. You got to take it this game. I'm sorry. That's a load of crap. You made this mess with the schedule here because you just play this thing on Wednesday night. And you know what? If you wanted to worry about TV, put one, two, and three back to back to back for the American League. You have a day off between three and four if you want to do that. That's a mess. And that created absolute chaos here. And not offering people refunds when it's very hard for people who work in this town to, you know, on 24 hours, I'm going to say, hey, uh, boss, I can't work on Friday afternoon because I have to go to a Yankee playoff game. You're not going to get approval for that. Not on that short notice. So not even given the option to refund, that's going to suck. And there's a lot of people who are going to be losing a lot of money on those tickets, and they're not cheap to get into those playoff games. So that's the fan angle. It also hurts here that the Yankees now are going to have to play four games or potentially if the series goes the distance. Takes Nestor Cortez to start in game two out of the potential game five with normal rest. The Yankees here have two options because it depends on this series. Obviously, their goal is just to sweep it and not to deal with this mess. If you get to game four up 2-1, you have two choices. Either you pitch Garrett Cole on his normal rest and say, we're going to close it out here and just deal with game five if it comes to it. Or go something like Jamison Tyon or Domingo Herman in game four, bullpen it, and then do game five with Cole with an extra day of rest, have Cortez out of the bullpen, just whatever. Neither scenario is ideal. It doesn't help the Yankees because, obviously, their bullpen is thin, so using the few reliable guys they have here is not great. It does not help the Guardians because they have to basically burn through a bunch of bullpen in three days, and if this series does go this, you have one day off between the ALDS and the ALCS against the Houston or Seattle. That series right now is, I mean, going, could be going four or five, but you don't know that. If this series wraps up quicker, whoever gets out, that's a huge advantage here, so... Bad luck there with the playoff scenarios here. Bad schedule by MLB. Hopefully next year, adopt the lockout. This is a lot to self-inflicted. Maybe we'll get back to more of a traditional schedule, the one and two, and then the days off. So we'll see what happens there. But we'll get to our NFL picks up next. We're going to be joined by Kevin Lillis for week six picks right after this. Show me the money. All right, we are back here. The main event of the second half of the podcast week. Show me the money. NFL picks for week number six. Joining me today to break it all down. My co-ticket plan holder with the New York Mets. Unfortunately, our season <laughs> ended uh, on Sunday at on the night at City Field. Kevin Lillis is here. Kevin, how are you? 
Mike, I am great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Kevin and I literally spent like twenty, at least twenty nights at City Field over the summer, and <laughs> we saw a miserable playoff. We saw both playoff losses, I believe. But now, Kevin has three playoff losses in a row. We've been to that's three playoff losses in a row, but it's not our fault. It is not our fault. Yeah, uh, I was trying to explain to someone this is we are not we are not the jinx. I'm telling you right now, I do not believe in any of that stuff. I mean, we went like what, like sixteen and six during the regular season between the two of us. Yeah. And between Chris Bassett and, and, and Carrasco. Yeah. <laughs> God knows we saw those guys enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Chris Bassett's coming back next year, but we'll get to the football. And, I, like, we're both Jet fans here. And I got to say, Sunday, like, I I did feel great. The Jets won. I was excited about that. There was a little bit pit in my stomach. Like, okay, if the Jets won, the Mets won't win tonight. But what did you think about the Jet game on Sunday? Uh, I got to say, uh, it, it was fun to watch. I mean, I, I saw the game in, in little bits and pieces because, you know, we kind of had another thing going on that day with the Mets. But, uh, and, and, you know, I, I thought that, you know, the, the Jets did exactly what, you know, they were supposed to go out and do. They saw that, you know, Tua being out, they, they, they had the ability to take advantage of the, of the injury luck, and they took advantage of it from, from start to finish. And, you know, um, Zach had a, a great game, and it's great to see him, you know, taking snaps. Um, Brees Hall had some uh, Curtis Martin-esque type moves, and um, our secondary was actually very, very good. So I, I, en- I enjoyed watching them. Yeah, it's very fun to beat the Dolphins because Jet fans at a certain age, like, know that, like, everybody, like, I think, under the age of, like, 25, like, hates the Patriots as the number one rival. But if you're a certain age, the Dolphins are the team that you can't stand the most as a Jet fan. And watching the Jets, like, kick their asses was a lot of fun. Big time. And I think a large, large portion of it is that Dolphins fans travel really well, and there are a lot of Dolphins fans in New York, uh, you know, from the Marino era, I feel. So, I'm, I mean, I know a lot of Dolphins fans that we even went to school with or, or you know, lived around with, and I, you know, I'm still friends with. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great seeing the Dolphins, you know, seeing the Jets beat the Dolphins. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. This team, I feel like it's been a lot of fun here because between all the rookies, the ascension from – Zach Wilson, the second year, Elijah Barrett Tucker playing all over the line here. You look at this team. I mean, I heard preseason, I think Adam Shine said on JJ's podcast that Jets can be 0 and 7 with their schedule. Here they are, they're 3 and 2. Next two games look kind of winnable, and the second half of the schedule is manageable. Like, I think this team can be a playoff contender. You know what, Mike? I got to agree. I got to say, like, people will, will, will argue or debate the quality of the wins. But uh, the one thing that I know is that last year's team would have, would have lost all, all the, you know, all three games so far. And the way I see that, that's an improvement. Um, you know, am I going to, you know, place my bets that, you know, this might be a playoff caliber team? I'm, I've been disappointed way too many times before. But, you know, next week when the Jets take on the Packers, who the Giants beat last, last week, um, and they do look like a beatable team, uh, and say that, you know, the Bills lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, all of a sudden the Jets are at the top of the AFC East. And that's, that's something that I haven't said or anybody has said in a, in a, in quite a long time. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, the jet thing is exciting because like, obviously like we're getting to the point where we're getting close to Halloween. Like, oh, it's time to look at the mock draft and see what we're doing here for the draft next year. But now, I mean, they got this big game on Sunday against the Packers. And I think obviously you mentioned they lost the giants last week. One thing worries me is that Packers are probably going to realize, Hey, we should run the football. It's just not been very good at stopping the run so far. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we see, you know, this is where I, I, I've been burned so many times by the Jets, so I'm not trying to be too overly optimistic. 
uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers does. That's just what he's going to do. But the, you know, the best the best thing that we could do is is maybe just you know uh, just um, you know load the box, stop the run, and let our secondary make plays. And you know, see what kind of schemes the the, the, the coaches come up with this week. You know, they they did they came up with some pretty good schemes against the Dolphins. They, if they do their homework um, and they they study what Rogers is able to do and what the Packers are able to do, and the way that they've been playing, they're no they're doesn't they're not arguing with their coaches on the sideline. You know, it's 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 an earshot from from the, from from that game. So it's, I'm I'm excited to see what they do this Sunday. Yeah, I'm pumped up too. I think it's gonna be a very fun game. And the next like next couple of weeks with them with Denver with the Patriots coming in. I'm excited to see what's going on here with the Jets. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to see where Gang Green does. Absolutely. Let's go to the picks challenge. He's right here. Uh, Sports Chris Kevin Wall stopped by last week to do the NFL picks, and he did not have a good week last week. He went 0-3. Oh, my God! <laughs> when, when did Mike Pence have to join your podcast? <laughs> he, he's, he's been a contributor for about a couple about six months or so. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Kevin last week, he had the Dolphins laying the three. I give him a mulligan on that one because the back of Bridgewater getting hurt the first play of the game, getting knocked out, probably influenced that pick a lot. He had the Commanders plus two and a half. They could have won. They probably should have won that game. They ended up losing it late, so tough break for him there. He had the Rams laying the four and a half and almost the Cowboys. That one did not go well. Mm, Those were some tough picks. Yeah, it worked not tough. I had a better year. I went two and one on the week. I had the Vikings laying six and a half. I locked the number in early, got it. Got a break. They won by seven, cover the number. I had the Pats laying the three against the Lions. They shut them out, 29 nothing. so good job by me there. And then the one I lost, I had the Ravens laying the three on Sunday Night Football, and I looked like it was good for about, like, for three and a half quarters, and they choked the lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, that's a heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker. On the year, the slow starts of both sides. The challengers are 7-8. I'm 7-8, so not exactly inspiring football off the first five weeks. Well, I mean, there's still a lot of football left to play, and there's plenty more games to pick. There are plenty more games to pick here. Let's get to some picks here. So, as the guest, you go first. Where are you going to pick number one? Uh, well, so I went with a pick for each time slot. So, the one o'clock games, I'm going to go with the Ravens minus six over the Giants. Uh, the Giants have played really well. I'm not going to knock them. I, listen, they're having a great season so far. Brian Dable is a pretty good coach. So, Lamar Jackson is having an MVP caliber season. And he's been very effective at throwing the ball downfield. Yes, that's an interesting pick for your for you there. Like I feel like for me, I worry about the game because I think the Ravens will win, but their penchant for blowing these big leads is something that scares that number. Yeah, well, do you want to have a little side bet, maybe a little prop bet on the side? <laughs> yeah, we can discuss that in a few minutes. We're going to pick number two. <laughs> uh, pick number two at four o'clock. I'm going with the Chiefs uh, plus two and a half over the Bills. Um, I know the Bills are a pretty good team, but at the you know at the very least the Chiefs should keep this game close. Um, Patrick Holmes has been impeccable. He's got seven and zero against the spread in these types of underdog contests, and I think the Chiefs are gonna I think the Chiefs are gonna take it plus two and a half. I like that one a lot. I mean, Mahomes a home underdog. He's like almost too good to be true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where are you going for the the last game here? You said you want each time slot. Yeah, well, I'm going with the Sunday night game. I'm doing the Eagles over the Cowboys minus six and a half. Um, to me, that's just Philly is just top notch. Jalen Hurts, who once was thought to be like a huge weakness for this team, he looks fantastic. And honestly, both sides of the ball are functioning really, really well. So I'm, I'm taking the Eagles over the Cowboys minus six and a half. 
Yeah, it's a fun game to be in on for sure. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how that Dallas defense matches up here with the Philly offense is great, but I don't think, I think the Cooper Ross match go right out this week. All right, yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right, so your picks are in. I'm up now. Pick number one. I'm going to go heads up with you on that rating. I'm going to take the points with the Giants getting the six, so we should just make an official bet here. I do think with okay. this with this game, I do think that the Giants are not getting enough respect for being four and one. They play tough. They play to your opponent's strengths. They they manage the players they have very well. Brian Dable gets more out of West than almost any other coach in the league right now, and Baltimore has the propensity just blow these leads late in games, and I just don't feel confident going on the road, laying six. I think they're going to win the game. They're going to be closer than that, so I'll take the points. I'll go heads up with you on that one. All right. All right, so we'll put that one in the books here. Pick number two, family play on the Chiefs. Love it, two and a half. Getting points at home with Mahomes is fantastic here. I think the Bills have looked a bit shaky at times this year. The Dolphin game, the Raven game, they had their issues. Like, I think going on the road, I think there's a little bit of demons there with the Chiefs, and Going into Arrowhead, I don't think helps. I think I like this one. I'm with you on that family play. All right. All right. Pick number. Let's take number two. Pick number three. I gotta go with another underdog here. We get three underdogs and take the Falcons getting five and a half at home against the 49ers this week. 49ers uh. Very banged up. They had a bunch of injuries last week in Carolina. Still won the game going away here. I know they play well when they stay out east. They stay in West Virginia this week, but Atlanta is scrappy. Atlanta plays close games, and they have. Every single one of their games has been a one-possession game this season, all five. It could easily be 5-0 if things break the ball in a certain direction here. I think that this game, I think they're going to be right in this one until the end. I think Sasko wins by a field goal. I think 5.5 is too many with this team. I think the Falcons are spirited, they're feisty, they play very hard, and they give you everything they have. I'll take the points at home. All right. Listen, they're all solid picks, but... Yeah, me and you gotta pose each other on the Ravens Giants. You know, maybe we'll, you know, a, a bet on a hot dog next year. How about that? Yeah, we'll put that bet in there. So, anyway, the, okay. the pets, picks of the week the Ravens for Kevin laying six in MetLife Stadium against the Giants, the Chiefs getting two and a half at, at home against the Bills in the game of the week, the Eagles laying six and a half on Sunday football against the Dallas Cowboys. My picks, we're going heads up on the Ravens. I'm gonna take the Giants getting the six points this week. I'm going to go family play with Kevin, do the Chiefs plus two and a half in that game. And the Falcons getting five and a half points at home against the 49ers. $300 for me. Those are your picks for week number six. Coming up next week on the podcast, I'm going to be joined by our good friend Justin Diaz talking about his Giants next week and see if they, go, they can pull off the upset again, go to five and one. That's going to be a very fun spot because, you know, Justin, I never talked to him when the Giants are actually doing good. They usually get to when they're, when they're bad. <laughs> you know, I, I'm excited to watch the Giants this year, to be honest. It's great to see that Giants fans are actually not miserable right now. You know, it, there's only so much misery that can be had in one room. Usually that's just kept by Jets fans. Yeah, I mean, New York football has been straight garbage for about, like, five years, maybe longer in the Jets case. I mean, close to a decade, honestly. But So it's good to have both of these teams actually not be staring at mock drafts by Halloween. And you know what? It's good to see that New York sports are actually turning a page and that teams are actually being competitive, uh, you know, for, for once. Between the, the Mets this year, even though it was kind of disappointing, the Yankees, you know, in it. The Rangers are back. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning on their opener. The Jets and Giants are, are you know, they're playing really, really well. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the Knicks and the Nets this year. I feel like it's, a, you know, a mixed bag with them sometimes. It's always a mixed bag with the Knicks. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it. Before I let you go, if you want to find on social media, how can I do that? Uh, you can hit me up on uh, castrophoto.com. I do a lot of uh, amateur astrology or uh, another amateur astrophotography. 
I uh, haven't done a lot of it lately, but a lot of it is uh, is up there. If anyone wants to ch- uh, check it out, that's my Instagram. Yeah, you got more free time now to do the astrology now that the Mets got knocked out. Yeah, but there's so much light pollution down here, and I'm living in Queens, Mike. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. You got to you got to get more get into the into the country more to do that. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I got to get away from all the lights. Yeah, get away from all the lights, Kevin. Thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. Great hearing from you. And let's go, Mets. The two minute drill. All right, two-minute drill time. Talk about the Mets-Jacob DeGrom situation here. And we know they have a lot of free aids coming up uh, uh, to deal with this winter here, whether it's Brandon Nimmo, Edwin Diaz, reports on May actually signing with the Mets before the World Series starts. That would be huge. Chris Bassett, half the bullpen. But the big one everyone's going to keep an eye on is Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom, when healthy, is the best pitcher in the game. Everybody knows he's had various injury issues over the past few years. The second half of 2021 with an elbow issue. Four months this year with a stress reaction to his shoulder. The Mets have had a good value contract on DeGrom. Every signs a big extension prior to 2019. Brody Van Wagenen's most significant tra- contribution to the franchise outside of bringing D- Diaz here. That deal quickly came undervalued because several bigger deals were made. Remember the Trevor Bauer contract with the Dodgers? Scherzer's deal with the Mets, for example. DeGrom came in spring training. He was playing to opt out, which he reiterated later in the year, despite the injury. Instead of the time, he was playing to stay, and he wanted to be one of those guys who spent his entire career with one team. That tell story changed over the course of the years. DeGrom has become more distant. Reports have begun to emerge. He wanted to leave for somewhere closer to home in Florida. And that might not be something where it's more of a financial, a like, comfort decision. DeGrom may have fueled that fire after the playoff series, basically commenting nothing about his future. While some of the other potential free agents like Diaz, like Nimmo, like Bassett, all indicate they wanted to stay. The Mets do have the original owner in baseball and Cohen. They can easily give DeGrom whatever they want to. In fact, I would be shocked if they're not the highest offer on the table here. The question for me becomes what numbers it take for DeGrom to ignore his preferences to stay close to their home and stay in Queens for the long term. May you do the high annual salary with the opt-outs, sort of do the Scherzer contract. The structure the Mets would love, by the way. I think it's a fantastic structure because you get him highly motivated. It's basically a series of one-year contracts. If he's opting out, he's had a fantastic year for you. That's great. Or simply a short-term deal. Maybe it's a higher AAB than Scherzer. Maybe it's like three years, 150. If you do that, though, it makes some interesting choices on the roster with all the free aids they have. I don't think it's good they're going to do the $350 million it's going to take to simply bring the team back when they have to make upgrades. They need more power. They can obviously tweak the rotation. The bullpen needs work. I took the Mets to try and get a resolution on this DeGrom decision pretty quickly because the good thing with Collins' money is that if DeGrom says, you know what, I'm out, they can send those resources somewhere else. They can go get for a big splash, but they can go try and get Aaron Judge away from the Yankees. They can try and get Shohei Otani off the Angels. Get Justin Verlander, you can get Trey Turner. The Mets are going to make a splash. In my opinion, honestly, there is nothing you can do if you offer DeGrom the most money and he says, you know what, thanks but no thanks. I want to go closer to home. You cannot beat the home field advantage if that's what he wants. Anything less than being a high offer by a significant margin is a problem, in my opinion. I get his injury issues. But what Jacob DeGrom does to this team, the fact that the fans don't invest in him, his start city field were events. And this team had trouble selling tickets for the 101 win roster. Take the Grom off it, I think it's be a lot harder. And with that, I want to end this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Kevin Lillis, for hopping on to do week six NFL picks. A lot of fun stuff there. Regular stuff on my podcast, including my look back at how important week five was to the Jets, and they did get the job done. Check out the blog over at justinthesuffering.wordpress.com. Check out the Sky Guys podcast, episode six of Andor, coming out this weekend. A Sky Guys feed first. So again, Sky Guys podcast, all the podcasts, by the way, to the top of the show if you want to keep up with all that stuff. 
You can follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-3-3-1. And that's going to do it for this week's show. We're going to have another multi-episode week next week. We're going to talk about how the Yankees are doing in the playoffs. Are they the ALCS? We'll talk about that then. NBA playoff, NBA preview, and more. Talk about a better week than Raiders fans. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.